Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffet, along with my good friend, Artemis Brown. We're coming to you this week with episode 178. 178. Artemis, how are we doing, my friend? You. We're good, brother. The holidays are past us. It came and went. It's gone in a flash. It's a new year. It's 2024. I cannot believe we're in the year 2024, year of our Lord. Kobe year. Uh, Kobe year. Yes. Good shout out to Kobe. Um, but I feel good, man. I feel good. It's, uh, I'm, I'm coming off back-to-back days, going into the office. I'm a little tired, but I still got the energy. I still got the juice. I'm here. I'm one of my good friends. He looks like the broke Captain Hook right now with that damn mustache. But uh, we're good. We're good. You, you don't like the mustache, Jardy? I must ask you a question. God, I love it. No, I it's it's been a while since I've been able to see my barber. So uh going next week though. Yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be looking you, right next bro for a minute. I can tell you that. That that thing been growing. Yeah, this thing's uh it it's hard to tame the beast, Artie. It's hard to I, tame the Jared, beast. Jared, I used to Jared, I used to know it was, was clean shaven, like like the baby face. Now he's he's he became a dad. He became a married man and a dad. Now he's rugged. He's a uh, I, I have I haven't been clean shaven in almost two years now, Artie. Um, last time I was clean shaven, I, I shaved it down to a mustache only. <laughs> but uh, we we haven't we haven't had a baby face Jared in a long time, and I don't, I don't I guess, think I guess it has been a couple years since we've seen baby face Jared. I don't think we're gonna get baby face Jared. No, we don't. We don't need baby face chair. I'm gonna be honest with you. We don't need baby face chair. Nobody gotta, needs baby face chair. Some sort of facial hair up on that face. I, I do not look good without a beard. I mean, I don't look good with a beard, but I definitely don't look good without a beard. <laughs> you said it, not me, brother. And then Artie, Artie has this thing every once in a while when when he lets his beard go, uh, he he starts to look like LeBron James. Like I, I swear, yeah. like. The the facial hair it's, is the it's, same. It's pretty tamed right now. I can really let this thing grow out more if I really want to. Like okay. sometimes that thing gets out there and he he does yeah. like it, it doesn't connect. So it just it look it looks like LeBron James. Like that's not even you remember, like you, a, remember, you remember when I had the mutton chops though? I ain't got the mutton chops no more. That yeah, that those good are thing. those were those are brutal days. Oh my god, those are brutal days. Goodness gracious. Oh man. Oh well. Artie, good to be back with you. Happy New yes. Year. Happy New Year, Pirate Nation. Hey, let's put 2023 behind us. Nobody wants to think about 2023 from, from an ECU standpoint. Not, I mean, highlight of the year, Artie? What would you say your highlight of the year for 2023 was? ECU athletics-wise? Yes. Um, Our women's volleyball making it, you know, as, as far as they've you know, having the season that they did, doing, doing what they did. I'm, I'm going to give them a shout-out, our, uh, our ECU women's volleyball team. I, I'm going to go women's basketball. Uh. So, I mean, going to the big dance. So, that, that's mine. I, other than that, it, it was a pretty Last disappointing question. year. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the LeClaire year was going to be much better than than what it was. But right, we'll get hey, in the Kobe year. We'll get in the Kobe year. He wore purple and gold. Um, number seventy eight, Artie. You got one. I do have a seventy eight. Um, I didn't know that this guy was this much of a badass until I just saw his Wikipedia page. Uh, but my 78 for this week is Alejandro Villanueva. 
uh, former offensive lineman. Going back to the big uglies. All right. So former offensive tackle uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Baltimore Ravens. This guy went to Army. He played college football for the Army Black Knights, fulfilled his service commitment, and not only fulfilled his service commitment, uh, but he reached the rank of captain in the Army, and he also served in the Army Rangers, earning a bronze star after serving three tours of duty in Afghanistan. So he played college football in Army, got a great education, became captain in the Army, received a bronze star as an Army Ranger, did three tours in Afghanistan. This was all before he became an NFL pro and had a really good eight-year career as an NFL pro. Because anybody, if, if I say the name Alejandro Villanueva, you know who I'm talking about. And he's an offensive tackle, right? So he definitely had a pretty good career uh, in NFL. Total badass. Dude can, you know, probably kill you in his sleep uh, with his bare hands. So uh, Alejandro Villanueva is my 78 for the week. That's a good one, Arnie. Much, much better than mine. I, I'm I'm going with a Carolina Hurricanes legend. None other than Stephen Lawrence. You, people used to think it was Stephen Lawrence, L-O-R-E-N-T-Z, <clears throat> Artie, but it, it's actually Lawrence, not Lawrence. Um, drafted 186th overall. Am I, am I reading that right? 186th overall. That's in the seventh round of the NHL draft. He's uh, now on his third team. Started out with the Canes, then then went out to San Jose um, in, in a trade last year, and then this year he is with uh, the Florida Panthers, the team that disposed of the Carolina Hurricanes last year in in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, um, he, he he's just kind of one of those guys that he's not going to get many points. I, I think he's got like twenty one goals, twenty two assists in his career. Um, he's going to be a fourth line guy, but. He's going to provide those those crucial minutes that you need. Um, always liked watching him play in, in Carolina, but no more. He is he is now traded in the red and black for a red and blue color of the Florida Panthers. Where 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 are the Florida Panthers located again? I forget. Are they in Orlando? No, they are in Sunrise, right outside of Miami, about forty minutes outside of Miami. You know, I was about to ask, what the hell is Sunrise, Florida? Sunrise, Florida. They used to play in the BB&T Center. I don't know what it's called now, but um, I can guarantee it's probably not BB&T. But, um, Artie, do you, have you ever heard of the rat trick? No. What is the rat trick? They, they, throw, uh, they throw plastic or rubber mice or rats on the ice after playoff wins in Florida. Yeah. So, go check it out. It's actually pretty cool. Um I don't know the whole history behind it, but they, they're, I believe their mascot is a rat, even though they're Panthers. I don't know. They got rats everywhere in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, Florida sucks. So <laughs> I, I'm kidding. All right, Artie, the Boneyard Podcast is proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Uh, if you're listening on our on our show or watching on our show on our YouTube, make sure you go over there and subscribe to the Variety Sports Network on YouTube. Uh, we could hit 500 subscribers tonight. Um, and then if you haven't subscribed to us on on the Boneyard Podcast on YouTube, 
do that right now. I think we're real close to 50. We started we started our uh, YouTube about a year ago. We we that was our initiative last year. We're going to start a YouTube channel and we've grown it slowly. Um we'd like to start growing it a little bit more. We got we just had before before we came on the show, we sat down for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. We've got content that we were planning out throughout the year. Um go go follow that, go subscribe. You're going to want to do that. Um Josh, our producer, does a great job uh, of clipping things and, and putting out clips on, on uh, YouTube shorts and, and whatnot. So go go check it out. Subscribe. Um, and then make sure that you, you subscribe to the Variety Sports Network on YouTube. All right, Artie. Um, not a lot going on, right? Like we've kind of gone through the transfer portal. Kind of gone through the transfer portal for the most part. Uh, we, we got the second signing day coming up here in February. Um, and, and then you've really got – all you got really going on is, is basketball, right? And, I mean, women's basketball, there's a lot to be excited about. Men's basketball, it, it, it's been tough the last week or so. Um, I would say it's as expected from this program. So, so with that being said, let, let's talk a little bit about what is going on in football. I mean, we're we're still talking. I mean, we're, we're still talking about the uh, transfer portal. ECU gets two big transfer commitments in in the last 24 hours in West Virginia, cornerback, Andrew Wilson, lamp, Florida state offensive lineman, Kayshawn Sapp. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Already two areas of need, especially after Antoine Jackson enters the transfer portal. Last week, what are your thoughts on, on these two pickups? Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely huge, right? Um, quarterback out of West Virginia, obviously, Andrew Lamp. And then, you know, the the, the other guy that we have, I know we had the Florida State OL, Quayshawn Sapp. Um, this is huge, right? I mean, these are two big-time programs. These are two big-time gets. Um, obviously Florida State had the, had the season that they had obviously didn't finish the way they wanted it to finish. Uh, West Virginia had a pretty decent season out of nowhere. Um, so you have to fill those holes. Right. And the portal has just been, we've done what we've wanted to do. If you're an ECU fan and you're looking at what we've done in the portal over the last few weeks, right. We've done exactly what we, what we should have done. We're going out and getting guys that you think we should get. We're getting big name guys from big time programs. Now, now these these are not. It's not like we got ten to fifteen All Americans, right? These are guys that still have to come in, prove their worth, prove that they still belong. But on paper, it's exactly what we should have done. There's nothing more that you can do on paper than what we did. JDB burn the boats. We got everybody on Twitter talking about burn the boats. I love it. Keep that energy. I absolutely love it. Um, it still remains to be seen. I'm still going tamper my expectation. We, we're coming off a 2-10 and 10 season. I'm not raising my expectations for nothing until I see something on the field. I need to see that product. But on paper, it's everything that we need to do. Yeah, I mean, everything that we've needed to do. I mean, you've gone out. You've gotten the guys that you needed. Look, I still wouldn't mind adding another offensive lineman in the portal. Yeah. Maybe consider another quarterback. I, I know ECU was looking at another quarterback in the portal. Um, I don't know if they're going to get another one. I mean, you've got 
Jeter, who is uh, who's going to be the backup, it seems like. Um, maybe Alex Flynn does come back. I, I'm I'm not sure, but you need depth in that quarterback room. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing another one from there. Don't know who you're going to get, um, especially this late. But you, you can maybe find somebody to have more competition in that room. Um, I think as far as like the the skill positions go, ECU's done what it needs. Yeah, right. It, they've it gone out and they've gone out and gotten guys that that remind me a lot of the Isaiah Winstead pickup, right. right? Like guys that were undervalued where they were at, right? Like Which, guys that were dudes yeah, and they, they needed a better opportunity for themselves. Now, Jalen Johnson, he, he was one of those guys too, two years ago. And, and I think bringing in guys like that, that kind of have that chip on their shoulder already, they weren't getting the playing time that they thought they deserved um, at, at at their schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've brought in what four Power Five wide receivers. You, you've brought in a, a Power Five offensive lineman. You brought in a pow- several Power Five guys on the defense. Yeah, I mean, linebacker, a linebacker from Louisville, edge rusher from Missouri cornerback from West Virginia. These guys have talent, right? They need an opportunity. Why not make the best of that opportunity here in Greenville, North Carolina? And I think that's what, what this coaching staff is selling to the, to these transfers. They're saying, Hey, like, don't look at our record last year. Our record is what it, what our record is, right? Come here right now in this moment and do something special in this moment. We have an opportunity immediately to turn it around immediately. With, with the defense that ECU has right now, Artie, and the defense that we've had over the last two years, building upon that, adding dudes to that to that yeah. side of the ball, it makes the offense more enticing to, to join. And right? it, it's, it's, it's honestly a great selling point, right? Because what, you, what you're selling is we've already got the defense established, right? If all we need is an offense, we would have finished last season eight, nine, ten wins maybe, right? So that that's your selling point as a coach. The defense is established. Yeah, we're going to build on to it. But you come here right now in this moment and help us build something here that has a rabid fan base, that has a big stadium, that has you know a great atmosphere, great environment. You can be a part of something that, that helps turn the tide immediately, right? And we don't need to bring in all these guys on defense. We really just need to turn around on offense. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great selling point. Like, it's, it's something that can happen overnight. It's not like they have to buy in for a two- or three-year process. They can buy in for a year and, and be good immediately. Yeah, and I think that's uh, – yes, I'm going to temper expectations. Do I think that we're going to go 12-0 and 0 next year? I don't think so. No. But do I think that we're going to be much better next year than what we were this year? Well, we have to be. I, I don't I don't see we how we're not. We have to I mean, I know, I know that that's not a super high bar, Artie, but it's a right. bar nonetheless, right? You, you've got to clear it. I mean, I'll say right now, I, I think looking at our schedule next year, looking at some of the teams on that schedule, I mean, Liberty, what, lost a, just lost a wide receiver just a little bit ago to the transfer portal. Quarterback's mm-hmm. gone. Like, they're going to they're gonna be okay, but – they're not going to be the same Liberty that they were this year where they also played 
one of the weaker schedules in all of college football. I, I think their number has gone up from, from dead last, but at one point in the season, it was a dead last strength of schedule. So they're not going to be what they were last year. And that's the best team we have on the schedule. And, and that's another great selling point. When you look at our strength of schedule going into next year, this is probably the easiest schedule ECU has had in I don't know how long, right? And I and I don't I mean and I'm not I'm not throwing shit on any of the teams we play because you know I I know we play some some decent teams next year that that are going to go out and probably be decent programs, but from a schedule standpoint, when I don't see any big time names, I don't see an SEC name on there, I don't see an ACC name on there, I don't see any 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 non conference big time, I don't see a Big Ten name on there, like. This is a schedule that is set up for success immediately, which is another the two, part. The two biggest games on the schedule next year are App State and Liberty. Like, and and App State's going to be good, right? App State's not going to be a slouch. But they they've lost App a lot State too. Has had our number. It's not like we can go to the App State game, but oh, we're gonna we're gonna cakewalk App State. No, 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 no. That's that's not that's not what it is, right? And the same with Liberty. But if those are the two hardest games on our schedule, yes, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Man, I'm I, I'm getting to the point already where I am starting to get too excited. Don't do that for, don't for do ECU that. football, which is still do eight months away. Don't do that. Um, I don't do that. Counting down the days, Artie. <laughs> counting down the days until Norfolk State comes into Taddy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, but on paper, on paper, I'm I'm, exci- I'm I'm happy with it. I'm happy with how we've done in the transfer portal in the past, we haven't done so great in the transfer portal. Like we've hit on a couple of guys, but now with the new staff on offense, you got the same staff on defense. They're selling what they're selling the defensive side of the ball. Coach Harrell and and crew say, Hey, look, look what we've done over the last two years. Come be a part of this. Come be a part of this. And then, the, like you said, the offensive set, staff can say, they got their shit together. We need you to be part of our, getting our shit together. Right. And when we had Kane Hauser on a couple weeks ago, he's he basically said that. He said that that was a big selling point. And now that you've got guys in, in, that are coming in that are recruiting for you, that's huge. That is huge. Um so as far as the transfers we brought in, I'd like to see another another offensive lineman or two, um, and really kind of just revamp that that whole room. Uh, guy out of Villanova, Wyatt Hummel. I'd, I'd love to see him come. Um, he's starting to get some pretty decent offers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it, once again, it goes to show already nil how important it is. Team Boneyard is doing a hell of a job helping keep talent and, and bring in new talent. Something that we've struggled with in the past is, is the money part of it. Right. Um, now we're, we're, are we competing with the top 50 programs in the country? Some would say no, but we're doing what we have always done and doing more with less. And, mm-hmm. and, that's our somewhere, right? And once people see that, hey, Team Boneyard helps and how much it helps, 
people are going to be more willing to donate. Same with Pirate Club, y'all. When I, I hate to be the guy that says just donate, give all your money, give what you can. Right? Make 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 that your New Year's. If you don't have a New Year's resolution yet, maybe it's donate to Team Boneyard or, or donate to the Pirate Club. We're we're not asking for ties and offerings. We're not we're not asking for ten percent, but maybe five no. percent. Maybe five percent. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Any, anything else, Artie? Uh, if not, I, I do want to give a shout out ECU. ECU quarterback or incoming quarterback Cole Hodge. We we've talked about him quite a bit here recently on the podcast. Named the Gatorade uh, Player of the Year for Kentucky earlier this week. So that some pretty high honors. Pretty high honors to to be able to to bring him in, and. He's going to be the next guy. Okay, but I was just going to ask you this, man. What do you what do you think that room's going to be like with Jeter and Hodge in there? Right? What what kind of competition do you think that's going to be? We can't just we can't just cast away Jeter like he's not going to be the next dude either. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a competition, but to me, Artie, I feel like there's more pure talent out of Hodge. Out of Hodge. Here's what I'll say, though. Do not waste these guys' talents and not develop in the right way, all right? Because the the QB room at ECU, historically, has been pretty good. It's been pretty decent, right? (laughs) It's it's a pretty historically good QB room, you know, all time. It hasn't been terrible. So do not waste the talents of these guys um, and not develop the way you were not able to develop previously, right? So obviously, uh, you know, we don't we don't know that Kaden Hauser is going to be the starter. We're expecting Kaden Hauser to be the starter, but outside of that, between a Hodge and a Jeter and who else you bring in, we we need that competition to be fierce, and we need we need we need that to build, you know, into who is going to because one of those guys is going to be next, and they got to be ready when the number's called. Even if you know if a Hauser goes down, they got to be ready when the number gets called. So, develop. That's all I ask. Yeah, we can't we can't make the same mistake we we made this past year. Competition. That's all I'm asking for. Competition. Put pressure on these guys. We need some dogs, and and I don't I don't think that. Any of the guys in the QB room last year, and I'm really talking about the main two, Flynn and Garcia. Neither of them really bought into the competition. And I don't think that the coaching staff challenged them enough. It, it looked like two guys trying to keep their head above water. Right. Now you've got a guy that's coming in, Yeah, I, started, I it, started in the Big Ten, I mean, granted, did they have the best season? No. But he's played and shown that he can make things happen against some of the best defenses in the country. In Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, those schools. He's played he played all three of them. So I at, mean at the end of the day, I, I don't want my quarterback treading water in the kiddie pool, right? I want him with a Michael Phelps mindset, 
and let's go out here and let's dominate. So that's just that's all I ask for. You ain't got to be Michael Phelps. I just want you to have a Michael Phelps mindset. Go out there and do it. For sure, Artie. All right, Any anything else on football? Oh, did we mention it last week? Damon Magazoo? Oh, yeah. Officially yeah. announced. Yes. Snaps to that. Damon Magazoo, former ECU safety, announced as the safeties coach, uh, taking over for Trip Weaver, who, who left for Austin P. Yeah. to be the defensive coordinator there. Um, Magazoo was formerly at UNLV. Um, now he's coming home. Many people remember his interception of Russell Wilson in, in the end zone during overtime. That was, what, 2010, I believe? Yeah. Um, so. Whippersnappers. That, that was, I mean, it, it's you're starting to see already – Guys that played when we were in school start to start to really kind of they're not just grad assistants anymore. Right. They're they're position coaches and and getting getting real jobs in the in the coaching world. So um shout out shout out to David Magazoo, Coach Magazoo. Um we're gonna try to get him on the Boneyard podcast. Oh yeah. Sometime soon. I mean, great fit, great family, and uh Welcome back home, Coach Magazoo. Um, but anything else on, on football? I don't have anything else. We can move along, well, Artie. I, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's different when you come home, though. And, and, and when you come home and you play for the program and you have a certain level of respect and love and admiration, like, obviously, you're going to give your all to any program that you coach for. You have that professional pride. You're going you're to give it your all. But when you actually come home and, and to have the opportunity to coach for a program that you played for, a school that you went to, it's just diff- – it hits different. It does. So, yeah, shout out to uh, David Magazoo. I know he's going to give this position everything he's got. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, he he was one of the guys that early on I was like, he would be a good fit for for that role. Um, all right. All right, let's talk some basketball. Yeah. Uh, the women's team uh, – Fought hard against South Carolina, even led at one point, but fell 73-36 to 36 to the number one team in the country, the Gamecocks. Uh, Micah Dennis went went out with a injury early on, right before the first media break. ECU's at 8-4 and four after last night. Was it last night or two nights ago? Beating UTSA, San Antonio, um, to open American Athletic Conference play. And, and I mean, they really – put it on them and, and UTSA isn't a, isn't a terrible team. EC won 82 to 54 was never really close. I mean, up 25 to 13 in the first, it was clear very early on how, how the game was going to go. Um, your, your thoughts on, on EC's start to conference play on, on the hard court. That is the kind of bounce back win that you want. Obviously after the disappointment, with South Carolina and, and look, you know, it, it's disappointing, but you can't say it wasn't expected. South Carolina is a juggernaut. And, and I heard that the building was raucous. I heard it was a great atmosphere. I heard we showed up and, and that's, and that's what we wanted. That's, that's what we needed. Um, you know, but obviously that game happened and ended the way it happened to be able to come out and to perform the way you did against UTSA. You're right. They, they came into that game. I think at 500, it was six and six when UTSA came into that game, six, UTSA was, um, and to be able to have four women in double figures, right? 
<laughs> and to be able to dominate from start to finish, it was never close. And to really kind of, you know, submit yourself and say, okay, we won this thing last year. We want you, we want y'all to know again, we, we coming, we back, we here, we coming, we're defending our conference championship. And if you want to compete for an American athletic conference championship, you do have to go through ECU. And that's the kind of vibes that I got from this, this, this past win to open conference play. That is a perfect response after a devastating loss, a disappointing loss, not a shocking loss, but a disappointing loss nonetheless to South Carolina. That's exactly what you have to do. What, what I'll say, Artie, is ECU held South Carolina to the second fewest points that the game has had all year. All season, right? And that, that was without Sonia Johnson, a starter. And for the majority of the game, I mean, she went out when it was 6-6 six to six without Micah Dennis, a I mean, leader that, on this team. That South Carolina team can put up, can, can put up 100 against anybody. Anybody. So um, the fact that we held them on an 80, yes. That's that's not a small that's not a small task. That's not a that's not a small feat. You you may look at the, the points and be like, oh wow, ECU got stomped. South Carolina is most likely gonna win the national championship. They're a juggernaut. They're, they're an absolute year. juggernaut. They're they're what UConn was a few years ago, right? Like they're they're right. just they're just a juggernaut. So so make sure. Support those ladies. Um, really excited for them going on. Uh, I, I guess they play at Memphis next Tuesday night. Um, or on Tuesday. What day is it? On, on the 6th. That, that's, that, that day is wrong. So that, that would be Saturday night. And then um, they're at home on, on the 10th against UAB. UAB is good. UAB is looking really good. good. Eleven and three. Yeah, yeah. UAB is good. They're not bad. They're not bad. So that's going to be a good challenge. Get out there, support the ladies. Um, already men's basketball. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Look, it, it, watching the FAU game. It 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 it's like how the hell do we lose to East Tennessee, knowing that we kept it a game with FAU all the way up until the last three, no, I would say four to five minutes of that game with FAU, right? Like we were going tit for tat, we were making shots. FAU was making shots, trying to put us away. We were also making shots, staying in the game. We kept it within striking distance. When you're a team on the road playing a top twenty-five opponent, that's exactly what you want to do. Just keep it within four, five, six points and then and then strike but we're not a closer ecu men's basketball does not know how to close that's 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 you know we're, we're not there yet we don't know how to close we have guys that can play we can compete we can we can be in these games with good teams right we're not going to get blown out the water by a good team maybe so in in years past but we don't know how to close when you're in that last four to five minutes you got to bring it home no matter who you're playing we haven't figured that out yet, which is why we're sitting at seven and seven at 500. Why we lose to an East Tennessee that we probably should not have lost to, especially after the effort that we gave against FAU and Boca Raton, you know, being able to finish these games. And so that's the disappointing thing. Yeah. And this team, and, and I think Bobby Pettiford said it best. I mean, when, when talking about the loss to East Tennessee State, you got that Josh East Tennessee State University. Um, 
I mean, and I'm paraphrasing, basically said, we got guys, we've got real got like good athletes here, but we're still trying to figure out how to use all of our guys and rather than we're, 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 we're being too cute with the ball, right? We're, we're being too cute with it instead of just going out there and, and balling out. Um, that's basically what he said after that loss. Um, he said that at times that he, he thinks that not everybody's fully bought in and, and it, it's hard having energy at nights, some nights, but that's the thing. You've got to bring the energy, no matter whether you're playing East Tennessee state, or if you're playing Florida or South right. Carolina or FAU, do, or Memphis. do you love to ball or not? It, it just comes. Do you love to ball or not? The, no matter who you play, each and every night you step on that court, and I know it's easier said than done. You've got to come out with the same energy, the same energy each and every night. And ECU basketball doesn't do that. They play up to an opponent, then they play way below an opponent. Right. And they haven't found any consistency in their game. Now, they put, they'll play a lights-out first half, and then they'll shit the bed the second half. Or they shit the bed in the first half, and they can't – they try to claw their way back into the second half, but they can't, they can't come back from what they've already done. So th- that's the main issue for this ECU team. And, and part of it is growing together and, and maturation, but – you got you got to start building that. You're you're getting to 15 games into on the season. You got to have that put together. I I get having that the first three or four games in the season. Right, but you're getting to the halfway point now. Granted, Cam Hayes coming into the lineup that that's a that's new, but still you've got to have some sort of, of team mentality and i don't know like i don't know if this team has it and it's not that look it's not i'm not saying that they're they're not being team players and they don't care for each other that's not what i'm saying at all it's almost the opposite right Artie? they are trying to get everybody the ball and spread it around too much you got a bunch of guys that can that can ball out but when you start to put them all together they get, like I said earlier, they get too cute with it. And, and they, they look for the perfect shot. And you're in at this level of college basketball, you're not going to have the perfect shot most of the time. Yeah. Sometimes you will, but most of the time you're not going to have that perfect shot. So, Artie, I, I really hope, I mean, Brandon Johnson played lights out uh, the, the other night. So, 19 points. R.J. Felton had 17. Bobby Pettiford had 12. Ezra Azar had had 12 as well. Um, and and then one thing that stood out to me already is in the in I believe it was the East Tennessee State game. ECU didn't get many points from the bench. You, you got you can't just have it, your it, starters getting all your starting five right. Your your bench has to produce like obviously don't have to produce what the starting five produces but they have to be able to get on the floor and give you quality minutes and not either give up a lead or let the other team blow you out so that when your starters get their rest and they come back on the floor it's still a manageable game 
and they can do what they need to do. The bench is crucial at any level of basketball. The bench is crucial. Yeah. And they were in that game. They led it half against Florida Atlantic, a team that was in the Final Four last year that returned 12 of 13 guys from last year's Final Four team. They were leading at half. They were within a, a score or two. Five minutes left, that, that game is close. Like, And then ended up losing by, what, 15? Distance. Yeah, like five minutes left in that game, we are within striking distance against a team that had just beat Arizona. They're ranked 17. I know they lost to Florida Gulf Coast um, a, a few days b- b- beforehand, which you know, they, they that was, you know, FAU is one of those teams. If they show up and they're inspired, they can beat anybody. But if they're not inspired – they can they can lose one of those types of games, but regardless, ten and three, seventeen in the country, and and you're in it. Five minutes to go on their floor, you're in it, and then they just go on that little tangent, that little run, and all of a sudden it's a fifteen point lead, like you said, the game's over. So, being able to finish, and then also it's just like how bad do you want it, right? It, it's it's just that we, we have to have a come to Jesus moment of how bad do you want it. In that locker room, I think Schwartz is going to get it turned around. I, I still believe in Coach Schwartz. I still know he's going to get it turned around. He's he's getting the right pieces, but like you said, we're getting too too cute with it. Um, and in any basketball, in, in, at any level, you do have to have a closer. You have to have one to two guys that are going to say, "I don't give a damn what y'all are doing. I'm going to take over this game." And I we think are, that we that, are within that, striking distance. I'm going to take over this game. That's what I'll say about this team is. They've got guys that can do that and have done that at, at points in the season. Consistently, but, though. And But the one thing, like going to the consistency, it's almost like that's a different guy each and every game. Right. You got to have the consistent. Some, some nights it's Pettiford. Some nights it's Felton. Some nights it's Johnson. You got to have that consistency. And once you – if you could get those three guys going with consistency – Look out. Right. And, and, I, and I would agree with that. When you, when you get that one to two, that closer, it's like, okay, I, I know my abilities. I know what I can do. I don't give a damn who we're playing. I'm going to take over this game. <laughs> I, I'm just – I'm putting the team on my back. We're going to win or lose on me. It is what it is. We're still going to play team ball, right? But I, I'm, I'm going to take over this game and will us to a victory. That's basketball. Basketball is more hero ball than any, any other sport that I that I know, to be honest with you. You can play hero ball in basketball. You really can because you, you need a closer in basketball. You'd be like, I'm going to take over this game. Mama mentality. Yeah, I mean, got, got another good test uh, this weekend already. Playing Tulsa and then playing Temple, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, next Wednesday. Tulsa twelve and three and on on the season, sneaky good. Yeah. That's a sneaky twelve and three team. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. So yeah, there are. I mean, that that's them and FAU, right? Top of the American right now. Uh, Memphis two. M- Memphis two. So uh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Memphis has been on a tear too. So look out. Tulsa came out of nowhere. Though. I was not. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not. We, we said last week that 
finishing five games over 500 is is where ECU should have their goal for the year. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get there in conference play. If you if you're there in conference play, you've you've beaten some pretty good teams. But granted, I I thought we'd be sitting eight and six right now. So yeah. But all right, what what's next? What, what what do we got next? I, I, I this makes me depressed talking talking basketball talking basketball sometimes. Um, a Twitter question from Cameron Yarbrough: Are you convinced we've made the right additions in the transfer portal? Uh, Cam, we, we talked about it quite a bit earlier. Um, I think so. I, I think ECU looked at where they needed to to fill holes and where they needed to completely gut and and make changes. And so far, everything on the wish list that they needed, they've gotten. Now, granted, some that comes in the form of some guys that are unproven, some guys that were highly recruited out of high school and, and never really made it work in college. Um, but overall, I think that ECU has done a, a pretty good job in the transfer portal. I, I, like I said earlier, I would like to see another offensive lineman add some more depth there. Um, and maybe another, another quarterback. Now, now we're just trying, now we're just trying to build, right? Like we're, we're trying to build depth. And, and I think that that's the number one goal for, for ECU going in, in into the spring is if they can build depth, whether it's transfer portal or, or getting guys to, to commit. Um, we'll see. I mean, you, you only have a certain amount of scholarships and transfer guys can take high school guys scholarships away. And, and you need to be, you need to be thoughtful of that. Um, cause transfer guys are only going to be here for a couple years, maybe even just a year. So you gotta, you gotta be mindful of where you're, where you're giving scholarships out to. So that way you can build longevity as long, as well as that depth. Yeah. Um, Artie, your, your thoughts. I concur. I, w- I would say short answer. Yes, we, we have done what we've needed to do. I think it is enough. Obviously getting another guy on the on, on offensive line. We can never have enough good offensive linemen at, at this point. But a long answer to me, it, it still remains to be seen, right? Because I'm a finished product kind of guy. I want to see how spring ball is looking. I want to see how that spring scrimmage is going to look. I want to see how these guys mesh. You know, you you can bring all the talent in the world together, but are they going to be able to come in singular in one single locker room? not only be able to buy in and, and mesh together, but, but, but form good relationships that you need to have to be able to win a lot of football games, right? You, you, you know, talent and skill can only take you so far. The buy-in factor, the culture factor, the, the I want to do this for my brothers factor, that is just as important as the skill is for any program that wants to be consistently good at anything. So, the long answer is is that it remains to be seen, but short answer, yes, we've done enough. Awesome. All right, Artie, um, walk the plank. Do you have one? 
Yeah, all my Michigan haters. To hell with y'all. Walk the plane. We ain't won the natty yet. We ain't done nothing yet. I ain't, I'm not saying we've done anything. We ain't done nothing yet. But to all my Michigan haters, you guys cheated. You guys didn't earn it. We beat the SEC champion. We beat Ohio State three years in a row. We won the Big Ten championship three years in a row. Y'all can walk the damn plane, bro. I, I don't give a damn what you got to say. You can walk the plane. I don't care. That goes to all my Michigan haters. Anybody that don't appreciate or like the product of Michigan football, walk the damn plane. I'm not going to be in my soapbox forever. That's all I got. We really need to get a dump button for you when you start talking about Michigan. Um, We're in the natty. We're in the natty, Jared. The natty. uh, All right. Um, I got two. First off, anybody that thought Liberty was going to even stand a chance against Oregon can walk the damn plank. Hey, they had two great plays, though. I've been saying that on Twitter all week. They had two exciting plays. Congratulations. But they took the lead for 30 seconds. Congratulations. That, that's like us celebrating the fact that we, we led South Carolina in women's basketball. Like, get the hell out of here. I'll say this. I'll say Liberty deserved to be there. Were they going to get blown out? Of course. Oregon, Oregon only lost to Washington, who's playing in the national championship. Obviously, Oregon is, is one of the great teams in the country this year. So, yes, they were going to get blown up. But Liberty deserved to be there. They earned it. Mm. I saw I saw a lot of con- like conversation because I've been very adamant that I didn't think Liberty deserved to be there. I still don't think necessarily think that they deserve to be there. Um, well, Tulane should have done their damn job. How about I that? agree? I still I still think SMU over Liberty any day of the week. I I'll die on that hill, Artie. I think that the American Athletic Conference champion deserves that spot over any conference USA champion ever. I don't care if you get thirteen or no. You're not. You're not. You're not putting a two losser over over an undefeated. A one loss over an undefeated. That that's an argument. Not a two loss over an undefeated. Guess what, Artie? They did it though in the college football playoffs. They did a one loss over an undefeated. Not a two loss. They but did a one. They did a one loss conference champion. Over and undefeated, mind you. Okay, still, still, I, I, I do think that SMU or Tulane deserve that spot over Liberty, and I, I'll, I'll die on that hill. I don't care. Look, and I saw people, people were like, "Oh, it's because of all of the political stuff," and and you're just a, you're just a lib or whatever. I'm not. <laughs> Already knows me. I'm not. I, look, I don't care about any of that politics. I don't give a rat's ass. Liberty, Liberty earned earned the right to be there, man. They they I, I, they, they I, earned the you, right. You never you never played anybody. You never played anybody. You played a cupcake conference USA schedule, and I know I sound like the guys in the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. I know I sound like that. You didn't play anybody, so get the hell out of here. Get get out of here. I don't care. Okay. Let me ask Cry you. Try more and take this L when we come into Lynchburg. East, East Carolina goes East Carolina goes 13-0 next year once the American with a cupcake schedule because that's what we got. Do we deserve the New Year's Six Bowl game? 
Well, next year it goes to twelve next year. I know it goes to twelve next year. Next year, year you win the conference. You're probably you're probably in the college football playoff. Not a we're not a twelve game playoff. Just how it was this year. ECU deserve to be be in the New Year Six over Liberty. Yes, because we got a cupcake oh. schedule going into next year. <laughs> over Liberty, yes. Plus, one of those lo- one of those wins would have been over Liberty. <laughs> okay, Artie, don't don't even try. And then number two. David Tepper throwing a drink on a damn fan. Oh, yeah, man. He's in Jacksonville. Yeah. He's a what are you doing, guy? Owner in the NFL. He's a what? The Dan Snyder Idiot Award. God bless. Congratulations. You took over a team and made it worse. You took over a bad team and made it worse. Congratulations. <laughs> and you still don't have the first overall pick. Congratulations. You gave it to us. No, Bears. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Think what, y'all yeah be willing to trade down to like eight, Artie? Who's that? You think y'all would be willing to trade down to like eight? We're not giving Atlanta shit. We're not giving Atlanta a damn thing. <laughs> Can Matt Ryan come out of retirement already? Yeah, we're not giving y'all a damn. Uh, yeah. No, David Tepper walked the damn plank. You can't be throwing drinks on people. Look, I, I gave uh, Brittany Mahomes shit when she threw a drink on somebody a couple years ago. You're the owner of an NFL franchise. Guess what? You're still a billionaire. You're still a billionaire. I get it. Your team sucks. They're going to suck. They will, they've always sucked, and they will always suck. Well, they haven't always sucked. The Panthers have not always sucked. The Panthers had, have had really, really good seasons. And then they pissed it all away by by getting rid of Cam Newton. Well, they they, they can't the Cam Newton side. You want, to, you want you want to talk about a team or a, a franchise that's severely fumbled the bag? The Carolina Panthers. All they had to do was 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 protect that man a little bit more and tell him to slide and stop taking all them hits, and he might still be playing at an elite level. I'll, I'll never forget the time Cam Newton was on my flight. And then the very next day, he turned right around and, and told a female reporter she didn't know anything about football. <laughs> you remember that? I do, I do remember that. Yeah, he was on my flight. And then the very, like two days later, he was telling a reporter she didn't know anything about football. Um, those were, what what a time to be alive, Artie. That was, that was, that was something. All right. Bowl season, there's, Artie, there's officially one more game in the 2023-2024 college football season. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second, but I want to get your take. What What was your bowl of the year? Oh, well, I mean, the, the, the honestly, the last two games we watched for the college football, the college football playoff was really good, right? I mean, This is the best college football playoff. playoff we've ever had. Well, no, last year was good, too. Last, last year. Yeah, but, but last year they were – I don't know. I, I didn't think last year was, was as good as, as what this year is. And I, I think that it sets up for a better national championship game yeah. than what we had last year. I, I will say, because I don't, I don't really think any of the bowl games were really that exciting or enticing outside the college football playoff that I, that I can think of. Um, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Texas, Washington, honestly. 
the the drama that was I stayed up till one one thirty two o'clock in the morning whenever that game went off I I stayed up because I watched the whole game and it and it was it was late when that game went off but the drama that built in the last couple of minutes of that game Washington had it won right and then one of their players goes down gets injured they gift wrap Texas under the forty five to fifty seconds and Texas takes the most of it. And literally goes all the way down the foot. I think they convert a fourth down on that drive to one of their players. They get it within striking distance. And I mean, all the drama in the world just set up at a fourth and goal. They have a chance. I think Adonai Mitchell, who was the receiver for Texas, was open, but uh, Ellinger threw a bad pass on that play. In my opinion, had he had he had he had he had he threw a better pass, I think Adonai Mitchell would have beat the the corner on that play and caught that for a touchdown to win the game. But the drama in that Texas-Washington game, the back and forth, the way it finished, even more so than the Michigan-Alabama game, even though that was a classic with the overtime. Um, but the college football playoff in general, that was that was a phenomenal set of games. Yeah. They, they were the most exciting college football playoff games. That I mean, they came down to – both of them came down and, to watch. And ESPN looks like they were right because it produced the best college football playoff ever. So um, you're right. I think I'm I'm going to go outside of the college football playoff just because we're going we're going to talk about best playoff game. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the Clemson Kentucky the Gator Bowl. That game was phenomenal. Yeah, I I didn't even watch that game. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't even watch Clemson Kentucky. Um, I mean it it, it came. To, you want to talk about a game that came down to the wire? Um, deciding whether you need to take go for two, kick it. Um. Always love that. There, there were some good. There were some pretty good bowl games out there, Artie. Um, there, there were some pretty good bowl games played. Uh, all right. We, I, I think that the best playoff game was was the Alabama Michigan game. I'm guessing you you think the same. So we, we we can move on. Instant classic. Yeah. Um. All right, Artie. I don't have anything else. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> number one, Michigan versus number two, Washington. Over under is 56 and a half. Michigan's a four and a half point favorite yeah. for all the marbles. Who on Monday night is crowned a national champion? This game is exactly what it should be, right? It's two undefeated teams, it's one versus two, right? And it's the last two undefeateds in the country. It's exactly what it should be. It's Michigan, Washington. In my opinion, the two most complete teams in the country are playing for a national championship. Um, the one quarterback that I respect, I know he didn't win the Heisman. I know I know Daniels won the Heisman. But Michael Penix is the one quarterback that I respect the most in the entire country. My, Michael Penix, if he wants to beat you, he can beat you. It's just pure and simple. He's got NFL wide receivers. He's got two of them, maybe, maybe a, a third one. Um, on that offense, they can score at will. Um, I will say though, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by the trenches matchup. I, I think Michigan in the trenches is just better than Washington. Not think they are. They are they they're better than Washington in the trenches, and I and I think that can determine the game. We have a good secondary, but again, Washington has NFL tight wide receivers, which will always be able to beat a good college secondary. So. I think the battle's going to be won in the trenches. I, I really think it's going to come down to J.J. McCarthy. He's going to have to put on the cape at some point and, and go out and win this game. I think Washington's going to put an emphasis 
on Blake Corum, um, on Donovan Edwards, on bottling up that run game. We're still going to do what we want to do run game-wise as far as getting some good yardage from chunk plays. But I think J.J. is going to have to put on the cape and try to and try to win the game for us, which he's capable of. But obviously, give me Michigan. What was the over? What, what was what was the over under? Fifty six and a half. Fifty six and a half. Mm, Michigan Alabama twenty seven twenty. I'm gonna say this game is gonna be. This game is gonna be like thirty one twenty seven. It's gonna be a thirty one twenty seven type of type of ball game. There's gonna be some offense in here, but it's gonna be some critical defensive stops. 31-27, so Michigan wins outright. Washington covers, and uh, the over hits. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to go – I'm, I'm going to say – 31-24, Huskies win a national championship. <laughs> Honestly, though, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to be de- devastated if we lose. But I respect Washington. So I, I would I would be able to actually go to sleep that night. Have we lost to Alabama in the national championship or Georgia in the national championship or somebody like that? I don't know if I'd be able to sleep at night. We're not going to lose to Washington. I'm still going to be disgusted, but I would be able to to, to kind of take it a little, a little bit a little bit better. I, I just respect Washington. Josh got to take on this though. Let my man Josh. <clears throat> All right. So here's the thing. When was the last time Michael Penix played against Michigan? He was at Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Right. Jared, what did you say the spread was on this Michigan game against Washington? Four and a half points, right? Michigan's the favorite, right? Yep. Michigan was favorite against Indiana by four and a half. Indiana ended up winning that game, 38-21. I remember that game. History repeats itself. Michael Penix goes out as one of the greatest. In in the cold room, we were still figuring shit out. That was before we went on our three-year run. I remember that game. Yeah. So I've got Washington – I've I've been watching Penix since he was at Indiana. I know how good of a quarterback he is. He's phenomenal. Michael Penix and just, is phenomenal. And just think, he should have went to Tennessee. Like he's he's, he's great. So All right. that's that's my that's my hot take. 38-21, Washington wins, Michael Penix number one overall. And then gets traded immediately from the Bears. <laughs> I will say though, I, and I don't even think it's a hot take. I do think Michael Penix is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams. I do. I, I think he's a better quarterback. I think he's a I think he's a more ready now NFL quarterback. The injuries, because he's had knee injuries, that's gonna scare a lot of people. I just think he's a more like Caleb Williams gives you more Patrick Mahomes, and I get that with the upside, but to me, a Michael Penix is a more Peyton Manning, a more of a guarantee. So that's why I think he's a better quarterback. Yeah, if Michael Penix is there when the Falcons are on the board and they don't pick him, like my, Michael Penix is going to be a good NFL quarterback. He may I, not win Super Bowls, but he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. I'm hoping and praying that he's there. I don't know if he will be. 
Yeah. Somebody's gonna be somebody's gonna be a fool and, and draft Drake May, um, second overall, and I I, I think that's insane. But yeah, um, I say it's the same. But Drake May is not the second best quarterback in this draft. No, no. So all right, Artie. Um, and while while I was thinking about it, while while I was listening to you ramble on about the Wolverines, <laughs> um, I did I did think of another walk the plank. Yeah. Uh, that officiating crew and or really the ending of that Dallas Cowboys Detroit Lions oh, game. Oh, that was awful. Yeah. Yeah, that was awful. That was awful. You robbed Detroit of a potential number 1 seed. It's awful. So But did he declare? Did he not declare? I don't know. I've seen the videos. It looked like he declared. Yeah, but they didn't announce that he declared. I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I don't know. That's 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 one of those places like you let the game come down to the refs, and I hate that. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Already good episode. Um make sure you go you go subscribe to to the Boneyard Podcast and Variety Sports Network on YouTube. Uh, follow us on social media at Boneyard Podcast on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of, of social content this year, a lot more than we have done in the past. We, we've got a team now. Um, we, we, we've got a we've got a squad. Brought on Courtney Layton. She, she's member of the Boneyard Podcast now. Yeah, um, so you'll be seeing more from her. You'll be seeing some from Josh, more from Artie and myself. Lots of good things in, in the works for 2024. Um, so make sure you make sure you follow us. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube, like I said, at Boneyard Podcast, and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Five stars, you're a best friend of the podcast. One star, you can walk the damn plank. Artie, let's get the fuck out of here. Hey, as always, Pirate Nation, we love you. Wash your hands, wash your butts. Michigan, bring it home like it's 1997, baby. Let's go. Go Blue. Go Pirates. Deuce.